doing? How you feeling? How you living? Thanks for joining me today. It's your girl Akua, your host for Dem Coins Podcast, where we help millennials of faith gain clarity on what they truly value, manage and increase their income, and crush their financial goals. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about scams, how to recognize them, and how to protect your personal information and protect them coins. Enjoy! Hey y'all, I hope you're doing well. Thank you, thank you for joining me today. Um, It's St. Patty's Day tomorrow if you celebrate them kind of things. Happy St. Patty's Day. Um, But in today's episode, this one touches right here, right here in the heart, because um, if you heard the first sort of episode of the podcast, I talked about some of my frustrations with trying to, you know, increase my income and, you know, do all the right things and essentially um, getting scammed. Apparently, Um, I actually was involved in a job employment scam at one point. Luckily, um, the bank found it before any transactions took place. Uh, I didn't give away too much personal information. And I know that many of us think that we are too smart, right? Or we're too above it. Unfortunately, it happens to the best of us, especially during these times. You know, I'm sure many of you have either known someone or heard about the various, you know, unemployment claims, scams, and also these scams that try to take advantage of good, hardworking people. Those are the ones that vex my spirit the most, right? The pyramid scams, those type of things. So we're going to talk about some of those things and also just how to avoid them, how to keep ourselves safe. You know, technology is such a gift, but it also makes it so much easier for people to take advantage of you. So there's a lot of great conversations going on about, you know, how to make more money, but not so many about how to protect your money and your identity. So let's get into it. So I don't know about you guys, but I love, love, love documentaries about scammers and scammers getting caught in American greed and all that type of thing. It just, you know, I like scammers getting exposed. Okay, so on a lot of these shows, um, one of the most common ways really to scam people is through pyramid schemes, right? So what is a pyramid scheme? So a pyramid scheme is essentially an illegal business model in which money that is generated from the people on the lower levels always gets funneled to the people at the top. So it's always mathematically impossible if you don't join the pyramid scheme at the very, very, very beginning to make any substantial earnings, but they sell you this dream that you will make, you know, substantial earnings and they have all these flashy cars and these flashy trips. And they're like, hey, if you just work hard, right? If you just work hard, you can do it. And it's like, it's mathematically impossible. And you know, we're all familiar with them, right? Do you wanna be a girl boss? Do you wanna own your own business? You don't own any part of these businesses and they're selling us uh, dreams and falsehoods and they should be prosecuted. And they can be a little hard to prosecute for a variety of reasons. But these are some sort of telltale signs that you or someone you love is in a pyramid scheme. So the number one telltale sign is if the job primarily focuses on recruitment. Now we know that most jobs, yes, 
you know, especially bigger organizations. Yes, they want more people to come in. They may incentivize you if you refer someone and they get hired. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about literally coercing you through intimidation, through bullying, that if you don't recruit a certain amount of people, that you're a bad person. And there's a lot of fear and intimidation involved. That's usually a telltale sign that you don't need to be involved with that organization. Okay. And you can even take it a step further if you're on the fence and you're like, oh, I'm not really sure if this side hustle thing I'm doing is, you know, um, a pyramid scheme of some sort, even go as far as to ask, hey, y'all, by the way, what percentage of your revenue comes from customer sales, right? How many products are you actually selling to customers? Because what you will find is that in these pyramid schemes that they will have you buy thousands of dollars in inventory. You as the so-called business owner, you're investing in your business, right? You're buying all of this inventory when really that money is just being funneled up to the people at the top. So again, and it's so clever. It's a tricky little game that they play because you are making some sales to customers and you are obviously actively recruiting and they have this ecosystem of people at the top that encourage you, you know, oh, you're doing such a good job. And so you get this rush and sense of accomplishment. But when you look at your books, baby, any sort of income that you're earning is being used to then pay for more inventory. And even when you include the so-called earnings that you get from recruiting other people, you balance out your books and there's still no real profit, boo-boo. And this links back to the reason why they're emphasizing recruitment because more recruitment, more starter kits, right? More people spreading awareness about their little fake business or whatever. So again, keep these things in mind, right? When you're out here looking for legitimate side hustles, Keep that in mind. And the other telltale sign is that usually their product quality is garbage. Like nine times out of 10, I I mean, I haven't seen it. Maybe you've all seen it. Maybe there's pyramid scheme, ML, well, okay, MLMs are not illegal, but I don't like them either. But, you know, pyramid schemes that, you know, have good products, I don't know of any, but most of the ones that I've seen, their products are trash. So that's another telltale sign. All right, so now moving on to something a little different. Now there's these new susus um, for my my African folk, uh, but don't worry if you're not African, I'll kind of explain what it is because I don't like this one either, y'all. So what is a traditional susu? Essentially all it is is a community savings piggy bank, right? So um, Essentially, a group of people come together and they say, hey, every week we're going to put $50 into the pot, right? And everybody puts $50 in. And the withdrawal process can work one of two ways. It can either work via one person pulling it out at a time and then everyone taking turns. So maybe the first quarter, you know, one person takes out the pot and then the next quarter, somebody else takes money out the pot or you can disperse money evenly, right? So every three months, everybody can take a certain percentage out. It can work either way. So just a community savings account. No, it doesn't have interest, but again, in finances, if you can automate 
some of these tasks and make it um, a repeated, you know, behavior and habit, it becomes easier to do. And also that community aspect, right? Everyone's doing it in the group. So, you know, you feel a little more incentivized to be more um, intentional with your saving, right? So that's sort of the purpose of it. And what some of these people have now decided to do is take these pyramid scheme tactics and create these new susus that implement this recruitment process and incentivizing and paying people for adding more people into the susu. And that was never the original intent. So for all y'all out there doing this, please stop. Please and thank you. Cut it out. Amen and amen. Okay, I'm off it. So you might be saying, dang, I've been affected. There are a couple of things that you can do. Um, I'm also going to put links to literally everything I'm talking about. If you want more details on pyramid, Ponzi schemes, all this stuff is going to be in the description. But if you've been a victim either of these um, job scams, these pyramid type schemes, or if you've um, experienced some sort of identity theft. First of all, my heart goes out to you. I'm very, very sorry that someone is trying to take advantage of you in one way or another. It is terrible. And so here are two, well, kind of two, three-ish recommendations for if you've been a victim or someone you know, right, has been a victim of um, some sort of scam. Um, The number one thing you can do is report it to the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, the people that basically handle all the scammers. Now, if you've had some issues with your identity, then you, um, the FTC also provides a template. You can use this to dispute charges on your credit report that come as a result of identity theft and scammers. And that will also be in the description as well. And another important thing to do is to freeze your credit with all three bureaus. If you're not in the process of buying a home or buying a car or doing something that would require for a lender to pull your credit, have that stuff on free so no one can open any lines of credit. No one can open and and go out and buy three cars in your name. Like no one can do that type of thing. Because when we're talking about protecting your identity, right? Nine times out of 10, the reason someone wants to steal your you know, your credit card numbers, your uh, social security, any sort of personal information from you, nine times out of 10, they trying to get to them coins, right? So let's keep, you know, our identity safe. Now, when we get back, we're going to talk about a couple of preventative measures that you can do to keep yourself and your identity specifically safe. So All right, and we're back. And now on to keeping your identity and your other personal information safe. Um, You know, in this day and age, data is king. Everyone wants a piece of your data. Everyone wants to be able to track what you're doing, especially these companies. They want to be able to target us and to market to us and to get us to spend more money on things we have no business spending money on. But I digress. Anyway, so... (laughs) All right, so about protecting your identity, right? So first things first, check your credit report regularly. This is the easiest way to check and see 
if there's some funky business going on with your accounts, right? And unfortunately, a lot of the times you don't know your identity has been taken until you look at your credit report. So the you know, the more frequently you kind of check your credit report, the less likely you are to, you know, have funky things happen, you know, and you not be aware of it. So that is definitely one preventative measure. And check it with all three credit bureaus, you know, TransUnion, Experian, Equifax. And you don't need to check it, you know, like every week or anything like that. Like, don't go crazy with it. But you know what I'm saying? You know, once a month, maybe twice a month, you know, quarterly minimum, right? Okay. All right. And then now we're going to talk a little bit about a combination of social media and passwords. Now, people trying to sell your identity, right? These hackers out here in disgrace, they a lot of times don't need to use all these complex, you know, techie algorithm, Mr. Robot type things to get into your bank accounts and your personal information. A lot of them do social engineering tactics, which are basically trying to tactics that usually include trying to come off as a reputable company or a reputable source in order to get personal information out of you. So the most common one I can think of, right, is the little the ones I get a lot recently are the injury lawyers trying to send me text messages like, hey, you know, dial this number to, you know, get your claim. And I'm like, why do they keep coming for me? Right. The emails and the uh, the the letters that you get about renewing your extended car warranty that you no longer even own. Right. Those types of things are what they do. Right. They try to come off as a reputable source um, in order to, you know, get your data and get to them coins, right? So, so there's a couple of different preventative measures that you can use against this. Obviously, don't click any links. Don't, don't do it. Please, they usually contain malware in there, right? That'll, you know what I'm saying? And sometimes they can get past your spam filters in your email and get into your main inbox. They're getting good, y'all. I've gotten quite a few. You know, the ones from Apple telling me I'm going to be locked out of my account, right? If I don't reset it here, don't click any of the links, right? The quickest way in email, specifically for me to tell if it's some sort of phishing, you know, nonsense email, is to look at the bottom and look at the address. The address is always funky and the format always looks just a little off, right? They mimic, you know, Amazon and Apple and all these popular companies, their their email formats, but it always looks a little off, right? So you can also compare it to legitimate emails that you've gotten from, you know, reputable sources. All right, and another preventative measure is passwords. Now, I know sometimes when you are setting up a password with a website, they'll give you a suggested password and it's like 50 characters, 15 lowercase, two uppercase, you know, 20 different characters. And you're like, I'm not using that. But you do wanna make your passwords complex, right? And also have varied passwords that you change pretty regularly. Most recommendations are 90 every 90 days so every three months you change your passwords for some people that's a bit much and I get it Um, another way to keep your passwords in order because we log into so many things today and it can be very hard is to use different software now obviously I'm not sponsored by any companies but I will put some um 
some links on the website for different companies that you can use to keep your passwords for you. Now, personally, I don't do that. Um, What I do is I remember my passwords through key terms. So for instance, right, and I'm making this up. So one password for like my Facebook, I might put in you know, password, si se puede, right? Si se puede means yes, we can. It's, you know, yes, we can in Spanish. But that si se puede specifically reminds me of something. And then I will remember to put in the password, right? So you may have certain words that aren't common things like your date of birth, you know, please don't do that. But you have specific memories tied to specific things that can help you remember your password, And y'all, you know, hacks happen every day to the best of companies. And if you are curious, and this is something fun to do, is to go on Have I Been Pawned? And I'll also include, you know, the link to that on the website. And you can put in your email address and you can see how many times your password may have been compromised and your e- um, when you put in your email address. So it's a fascinating website. Um, it's a little scary at first. Sometimes you're like, ooh, it'll give you some impetus to change your passwords for sure if you come up on any of the list. But it's a good eye opener and it's free. You know, you should try it. Um, also, if you can get, you know, anti-malware, anti-virus all up and through, you know, your computers because it's real out here. Okay. And the last preventative measure I want to talk about, and this is not um, an all um, extensive list of every single preventative thing you can do to protect your identity. This is not some exhaustive list, but, you know, I just wanted to give you a couple of easy to execute things that you can do right now, right? So the last thing I'm going to talk about is being mindful of the information you put online. Woo, y'all. Okay. So I get it. We're social beings, right? We've been in quarantine for over a year now. We want to connect with people. We want to let people know what's going on in our lives. We're human. We're social. I get it. But the thing is be mindful of putting too much information out because scammers can get a hold of that personal information, can reset your passwords and cause all types of havoc in your life. So let me give you an example, right? So many times when you log into very sensitive accounts like your banking accounts and things like that, it'll ask you to put more information than just your password to verify, you know, you are who you say you are, right? And you have access to this account. So sometimes in addition to putting in your password, they may ask you security questions, right? You know, what was the name of your first dog, right? And, you know, little Pepe, right? Whatever. I, I don't know what you name your dogs these days. But let's say your first dog's name, you know, was little Pepe. You got pictures of little Pepe all over the internet. You know what I'm saying? You got them, you know, out here in these streets. And again, you love Pepe, right? So you want people to know, you know, hey, this is Pepe. Now, what a hacker can do is they can obtain your username, obtain your password, and then when it asks for verification, right? What was the name of, you know, the first dog? And they're like, oh, let me go on Facebook. Okay, 
Let me, okay, I see they have a dog named Pepe. Let me try putting in Pepe for the security question. Boom, they get into your account and now they can reset your password, lock you out, exchange and, and, and transfer money out, you know, via Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and things that can't be traced. It's a whole lot going on out here, right? And that's why a lot of um, hackers now are asking for money in Bitcoin because cryptocurrency is untraceable. So be mindful and be aware. I certainly don't want to scare you. I don't want you to think that you can't ever share your life. You know, you can't share things, but just be mindful of those things. Now, what most companies have actually done is that they will ask you to verify usually using your phone. So it's a little bit more of an entry to barrier into your accounts. But again, just be mindful. You know, you got to tell all the businesses, you know what I'm saying? You got to tell all your business, bro. Like, you know, you can keep some things to yourself in your heart. It's okay. It's okay. And another tip that I actually just thought about, I know I said that was the last bump, but what last tip is to be mindful of doing sensitive work projects in public literally people can just look over your shoulder and see you looking into the company's accounts and talking about projects that are proprietary and haven't been released to the public and just like and get all this information by just looking over your shoulder and also when it comes to protecting your own personal information that was more of like a job um protective you dig but when it comes to protecting your own personal information use hotspots when you are in public areas and use um, uh, screen blockers when you're in public. I'm a person who likes to go to coffee shops, you know, to do work, uh, libraries and things like that. It's very soothing for me. I don't always want to work from home, but definitely make sure that you're using some sort of hotspot because public Wi-Fi is not that safe. Hackers can set up fake wireless networks that you can attach to. Most of your public Wi-Fi connections, i.e. coffee shops, i.e. the library, are usually unencrypted. Unencrypted just means that everything is in plain text. So if I'm a hacker and I get access to your network, you know, I use Bluetooth, I may set up a fake wireless network to see who connects to my fake network that means as you are viewing content I'm able to see all of that in plain old English and plain text so be very mindful of that just saying you can usually shut, set up hot spots with your um, with your phone provider it's usually a couple of you know extra bucks a month it's not crazy but again if you if you do a lot of things in public Please take that into account. So once again, this is just sweet and simple and straight to the point. Once again, just some quick actionable things you can do. Once again, you know, technology has made it easier to manipulate, to scam and to steal people's identity. And I don't want to see that happen to none of my people. But, you know, if it has happened to you, hey, it's all good. You can recover from it. Um, I know quite a few people actually who have had scams happen to them. I'm talking about complete identity stolen. They were able to recover. It did take some time though, but keep hope alive, right? And for those of us who are super ambitious and you know, we may have been taken advantage of, or maybe you've listened to this episode and realized, oh dang, I might be in a pyramid scheme. I might be in, you know, something that 
it's not so hot, right? You can always pull back. You can always, you know, withdraw yourself from that toxic environment. Come on over to the light. It's okay. And you can redirect that ambition towards a legitimate business or towards a legitimate side hustle. That'll bring excellent income for you and for your family. And that pretty much wraps up today's episode. Thank you for joining me. I hope you got some new insights or maybe you just got some confirmation on a couple of things. Let your girl know. Feel free to reach out to me via email. Hello at demcoinsonline.com. Also feel free to check us out on Instagram, dem.coins. If you have any good topics, cool new strategies, let me know. And while you're at it, feel free to write an awesome five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends about me, okay? (laughs) I am so excited for all of us on this journey. And until next time, stay encouraged.